There's been some doom and a whole lot of gloom shed over the Boston Bruins since they lost in the first round to the Florida Panthers. But I'm here today to tell you that things still look pretty good for next season. And I'm going to break down three reasons why the Bruins will still be pretty good in 2023-2024 here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Thursday, July 20th, and I want to thank you so, so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every single day. The podcast is free and available on your favorite podcast apps, as well as on YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Speaking of that I will be here today and tomorrow with brand new episodes. Then going off on vacation next week, maybe one episode later in the week. And then into August, we will be doing three shows per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, perhaps Monday, Wednesday, Thursday as well in there sometimes if I want to take a long weekend. If you are on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey thoughts, at ENC McLaren on Twitter, threads, Instagram, and um, let's get into it, shall we? All right, a lot of us still reeling from that playoff loss to the Florida Panthers, and rightfully so. It was a loss for the ages. The Boston Bruins, the best regular season team in history. Losing to a team that finished, I believe, 43 points behind them in the standings. Just uh, unimaginable, unthinkable, almost unrecoverable. Um, and, you know, I look back at 2019. Game seven, huge blown opportunity, a loss that I personally will never get over. This is up there. This was certainly up there in terms of opportunities, lost, wasted. And it's difficult to get super excited about this coming season, knowing that they will take a big tumble in the standings, points-wise at least. And that's perhaps their best shot at winning another Stanley Cup in this era of the team is gone. However, I still am pretty optimistic about this upcoming season. I talked yesterday about how several teams in the Atlantic Division kind of took some steps backwards as well. The Lightning won't be as good. There's question marks with the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Florida Panthers. Uh, There's up-and-comers like the Buffalo Sabres, Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators. Not sure if they are quite ready. And here's a caveat. If Patrice Bergeron is back, if 
Bergeron and David Krejci are back, then the Bruins will still be a formidable opponent. Even if it's just Bergeron who's back, I'm very high on the Bruins going into next season. If Bergeron is not back, it's a bit dicier, but I do think there's reason to be optimistic still and that it's not just going to be Wiley Coyote falling off a cliff here. The first one is the fact that David Pasternak is still a Boston Bruin. Could you imagine if Boston had this historic regular season, they fell off in the playoffs, and David Pasternak had not yet signed his contract extension, went to free agency, and signed elsewhere? Now that would be reason for packing your bags and taking a long walk into the forest alone with your thoughts because that would have been disastrous. Instead, he is locked up to an eight-year, $90 million contract, $11.25 million, signed on March 2nd, and that contract was signed while he was in the midst of a career season. And there's every reason to believe that he will continue to produce at elite levels going forward. Will he get 61 goals and 113 points every season? Well, I hope so. That would be fantastic. But 50 goals, 100 points, let's do it year in and year out. Now, health was a big factor this past year. Um, he played all 82 games, but David Pasternak, it, it's no longer a case of him being carried by Bergeron and, and Brad Marchand. He is an elite producer all on his own. He wasn't relying on David Krejci last year or Pavel Zaka. He is a creator. He's a strong, stronger two-way player than he was when he came into the NHL and he's right up there with some of the best in the league and he's being paid as such. Um, I believe in David Pasternak. I believe that he will continue to um, produce at elite levels. And really he has to, because he's carrying a daily cap hit of $60,000, which is insane. Um, 11.25 million per season up there with some of the highest paid players in the NHL at the moment. In fact, he will this season have the sixth highest cap hit among all players behind Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Artemi Panarin, Austin Matthews, and Eric Carlson. And just ahead of John Tavares, Drew Doughty, uh, Mitch Murner, Carey Price, and Jonathan Huberdeau. A lot of these contracts were handed out to guys who were kind of past their primes. Think of, well, Carlson until he busted out last year. Tavares, Doughty. David Pasternak, 27 years old, right in the prime of his career. And he is going to keep it going. I very much believe that. 
We're going to keep it going here, talking about a couple other reasons why the Bruins will still be pretty good in 2023-24 after the break. FanDuel is the official betting partner of Locked On and Major League Baseball, and it's the perfect time to jump on because right now they are offering 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. So what does that mean? You bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose on that first wager. That's 200 you can spend on everything from money line to over-unders to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today by visiting FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel is the official partner of LockedOn and Major League Baseball. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. Again, we'll be back with a fresh episode tomorrow, Friday, July 21st. It's going to be a mailbag wrapping up any questions you may have after the playoff collapse, free agency, the remaining restrictive free agents next season. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or drop a question in the YouTube comments. All right, another reason why I think the Bruins will still be pretty good next season is they made conscious decision to keep the defense together. And we all know last year the Bruins were a fantastic defensive unit. They allowed 2.12 goals per game, which was miles better than second place Carolina, who had 2.56 goals per game allowed third place Dallas stars 2.62 that's a full half a goal per game their goal differential of course was outstanding and the offense is going to take a hit they finished the season second to the Edmonton Oilers in terms of goals per game 3.67 compared to Edmonton's 3.96 174 goals allowed. Carolina was second at 210, Dallas at 215. That's, yeah, 40 goals difference, 41 goal difference. So heading into this season, the Bruins needed to shed some cap space. They needed to make room. And it looks like Don Sweeney, up to this point, has made the conscious decision to keep the defense score intact for the most part. Gone is Connor Clifton, but the top five still very much together. Charlie McAvoy, all-world defenseman, going to play hopefully all 82 games this season. Still only 25 years old and should establish himself once again as a Norris Trophy candidate, if not a finalist, in 2023-24. You have Hambus Lindholm, who stepped up last season in McAvoy's absence early and finished pretty high in the Norris rankings on his own accord. He's 29. He did have some 
injuries down the stretch that hindered him in the playoffs. But still, to have those two guys together on, uh, well, they're not necessarily the top unit, but in your top four, you can't overstate how important that is. They're complemented, of course, by Matt Grizzlick, still around at this point. He and Charlie McAvoy form one of the best defensive pairings in the NHL. Brandon Carlo, along with Hampus Lindholm, also very solid. Derek Forbort, I mean, I've talked extensively about how I think he should have been scratched in the playoffs, and Clifton, Grizzlick, perhaps not, Grizzlick especially, but for better or worse, he's still around as well, largely because of his penalty-killing prowess. Uh, Jakobs Borrell should be getting a chance here to get some solid playing time. He'll be fighting with Kevin Shattenkirk and Ian Mitchell for playing time, you know, on the third pairing. Ian Mitchell with some offensive upside, Kevin Shattenkirk, a veteran presence. None of these guys may be as physical as Cliffy Hockey. Maybe won't drop as many uh, truth bombs on the opposition, but still very solid in their own ends. And Sborrell, I'm excited to see his trajectory. I think, you know, when given regular playing time, he has played pretty well. There wasn't really much room for him last year. Only got into 22 games. He had four assists. But in uh, 2021, 22, before he was injured, he looked pretty good. And um, I think he'll get more playing time here this season. So that was a smart play by Don Sweeney. Keep the goal, or sorry, keep the defense together. You have Pasternak as an elite player up front. You have Charlie McAvoy as an elite player on the back end. Those are as good of building blocks combined as you're going to find around uh, around the league. I mean, obviously, Edmonton has McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's hard to compete with. Toronto has Matthews and Marner. But in terms of elite forward and an elite defenseman, you're looking at maybe Colorado with McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Maybe New York with Adam Fox and... Um, Artemi Panarin, but I think Pasternak's better than him at this point. Uh, if Carlson gets traded, then wherever he goes and forward combination, maybe Sebastian Aho or Andrei Svechnikov, but still Pasternak, McAvoy, high, high-end players at each of their positions, and that is something to build around. Not to mention the goaltending, which we will discuss here after the break. All right, just like Sweeney decided to keep the defense core together, he's also made, well, arguably made the decision to keep the goaltending duo together as well. Jennings Trophy winning duo, allowing the fewest goals in the NHL last season. Now, of course... There's still Jeremy Swayman's contract to be worked out. He's a restricted free agent. And 
heading towards an arbitration hearing in about 10 days. Ideally, the two sides will come to an agreement before then. But even if it goes to arbitration and he's awarded something higher than what the Bruins wanted to pay him, they're not going to walk away um, and let him become an unrestricted free agent. Highly unlikely that they're going to trade him at this point either. Now, that's still a possibility. I'm not going to guarantee that Jeremy Swayman isn't dealt at some point if things get super contentious here. But it really looks like the goalie hugs will continue, and, and we all love to see it. Look, the goalie hugs were one of my favorite things about the Bruins over the past couple of seasons. What's more is the fact that they stop so many pucks. That's the main key. While Linus Allmark likely headed towards some regression, I highly doubt he's going to maintain a 938 save percentage. There's still room for growth in Jeremy Swayman's game as well. I think he can uh, continue to step up and prove that he is a future number one goalie in the NHL. 37 games last season, a 920 save percentage. That's very, very good. Keep in mind, he still only has 88 appearances at the NHL level. That's still very young, still relatively inexperienced. It's kind of when you hit the 100-game threshold that you can really gauge what a goalie is. He's going to hit that early this season, and based on his career averages, we can project that he is indeed the real deal and will gradually take over from Allmark over the last couple years of the veterans' contract. Two years, $5 million remaining on Allmark's deal. Uh, maybe Swayman signs like a one-year bridge deal with the assurance that he'll get paid next season when the cap goes up and the Bruins have a lot more space and maybe have a, a bit of a changing of the guard there where Swayman is 1A, Allmark 1B. Maybe they keep Allmark around past his current deal and keep these guys together for quite some time because we know that they work well together. They love each other, and it's not a situation where one guy won't be happy if he's not getting 60, 70 starts per season. That, that rarely happens in the NHL anymore anyways. So why will the Bruins still be good next season? They have one of the, if not the best, goaltending tandem in the NHL, and that is so, so important. Um. They will be protected by still the best defensive unit in the NHL. The Bruins might not, you know, run away with games. They might not have a goal differential that's wildly out of proportion. They might still struggle to score a little bit. Um, you're going to need... Pasternak to be supported by Zaka, DeBrusque, James Van Riemsdyk, Jesper Boakvist, perhaps, Charlie Coyle. 
Brad Marchand needs a big season still, even though he's getting up there. But they are uh, committed to their defensive core. They're committed to their goaltenders. And that stability on the back end should keep them afloat and perhaps set them apart from other teams as well. You know, there was a model going around yesterday from Jay Fresh, I believe, that still had the Bruins projected to finish first in the Atlantic. Don't discount steps taken back by Tampa. Toronto is not as good. Um, Florida, a huge question mark. They just squeaked into the playoffs this past season before going on that miraculous run, and we see how different the regular season is from the playoffs. Buffalo is going to be a bit better. There's strong teams in the Metro, but I still think the Bruins are right there. I'm not saying they're Stanley Cup favorites, not saying they're Stanley Cup contenders, but it's not, um, again, a situation where they are going to drive off a cliff and completely collapse. They're still going to be very competitive this coming season, and especially if Patrice Bergeron is back. If not, then I still think they need some help at the center position. Not sure you can run Coyle and Zaka out there as your top two guys for a full 82 games. Um, but we will see. Now, as a reminder, arbitration coming up for Swayman and Trent Frederick in about 10 days. Patrice Bergeron and Krejci didn't sign until August 8th last year, so still plenty of time to get some things done. Training camp doesn't open until September. Um, I'll be back tomorrow to answer any outstanding mailbag questions that you all have. So please send those in, uh, taking most of next week off, maybe back with, uh, an episode later in the week. If anything breaks, I'll be sure to jump on and post it to YouTube. Other than that, take care of my friends, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on locked on Boston Bruins, part of the locked on podcast network your favorite team every single day.